This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3820 for Friday the 24th of March 2023. Today's show is entitled, Introduction to Gaming. It is hosted by Ahukad and is about 17 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, how I first got started with computer strategy games. Hello, this is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Yeah, um, so I'm starting something new. Um, This began with a conversation on Mastodon. We've talked about Mastodon before. I hope many of you are there. A wonderful federated alternative to Twitter. Um, And got talking about gaming and I said you know I I was thinking I'd like to maybe do a series about some of the games that I like and and the response I got was pretty positive so I'm doing it <laughs> so um, this is the first of what will probably be many um, episodes um, now I'm just gonna lay out a few principles so to speak. Um, and, and the first principle is I play games for fun. All right. I, I make no claim to be the ultimate expert. Um, you know, if, if you want to say you're better at that game than I am, wonderful. I, you know, that's not anything that matters to me much one way or the other. Uh, now, I, I may not be the ultimate expert. I have learned a few things. Um, and I want to share the things I've learned. But, I, you know, for any game I discuss, there are people who know a lot more than me, including the people who made the games. Um, so, I play for my own enjoyment. I think you should play games for your own enjoyment. Um, I'll give some tips about gameplay. Mention places you can go for more information should you want more. And that's fine. I don't play at the highest difficulty settings um, and only move up the settings if the level I have been playing at is no longer fun for me. Now, I hope in this series I'll introduce some people to games they will enjoy or maybe remind them of games they haven't played in some time. But for me, it's just a game. It's not a moral statement. It's not a vindication of my manhood or, you know, whatever crazy kind of things you do. I, it's, just, it's a way I relax. And now that I'm retired, I can do more. <laughs> now, I'm going to go back to where it really kind of started for me. And I'm not going to say it was the first game I ever played. It was the first game that I got hooked on. Um, and that was Civilization. I picked up a copy of the very first Civilization um, now, I don't know exactly when I picked that up. I know the game came out in 91, and by the time Civ 2 came out in 96, I already had a lot of hours in. So, uh, and I, I do remember it was the Windows version that I got, um, even though the very first release was DOS. Um, so, you know, 92, 93 maybe, uh, I don't know. Um, now, I've got some links in the show notes to additional 
stuff. You can take a look at the Wikipedia page for the whole Civilization series. Um, But what is Civilization? It is an example of a turn-based 4X strategy game. Now, what is 4X? 4X means explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Um, And it introduced me to the experience of what all civilization diehards call the one more turn phenomenon. Many times I saw the sun rise, to my complete surprise, because I've been so focused on playing the game, I paid no attention to the time. Of course, I was younger then and could get away with it. These days, staying up until 10 p.m. is kind of an all-nighter for me. Now, the idea is that you build a civilization from the beginning, starting as a wandering tribe of nomads in 4000 B.C., and finally ending with sending a ship full of colonists to Alpha Centauri. Along the way, you build settlers to found new cities, build buildings to improve your cities, and military units to defend your cities, or to attack someone else's cities. Then there are wonders you can build along the way, starting with the seven wonders of the ancient world, but adding more wonders as you progress through time, such as Michelangelo's Chapel or the Eiffel Tower. Some of these wonders give you empire-wide effects, as contrasted with the buildings that apply to a single city and have to be repeated in each city where you want that benefit. And there is a technology tree where you learn new technologies that help you advance, unlocking new buildings you can build or new military units you can train. If you build your empire successfully and are the first to build the spaceship and land your colonists on Alpha Centauri, you win the game. Of course, there's an alternate path to victory. That's called wiping out everyone else. (laughs) And for some people, that's the preferred option. You know, do it whatever way you like. Now, the graphics were pretty primitive. This was a DOS game, uh, 1991 relatively low-powered computers at the time, so it didn't look like a whole lot, but the gameplay was great. And if the actions I mentioned, like researching technologies, building units, etc., sound familiar, it's because the template created by civilization was very influential on games that came later, so that by now they're considered standard game elements in a wide variety of games. Now, there was a classic strategy guide for the game called Civilization or Rome on 640K a Day. Uh, And that was written by a couple of editors from Computer Gaming World, Johnny Wilson and Alan Emmerich. I know I had a copy at one time. It seems to have gone away. And to be fair, I wouldn't have a use for it now. But if you have an interest, it can perhaps be found in used bookstores. As for the game itself, it is long out of print. Now, I have a boxed set called Sid Meier's Civilization Chronicles, which contains the versions from Civ through Civ 4, and you might find a used copy. But you can also play it online in a browser at Play Classic Games. There's a link in the show notes for that. 
which is an invaluable site if you're interested in reliving some of your early game experiences. Uh, I can only recommend it for seeing what the games was, were like, you know. They run the old games in a version of DOSBox. And while there is a way to save your game, and for something like Civ that really matters, it looks to me like you're sharing the save space with other users, so I'm not certain your save files will last for a long time there. Now, Civ has always been a long game. After all, you're building an empire over the span of some 6,000 years. In any case, the game was originally a 2.6 megabyte DOS game, and it looks like it. But remember that many DOS games back then fit on a couple of 640k floppies. By the way, Play Classic Games is a great resource if you want to check out uh, classic games. And all they ask is that you buy them a beer, which apparently translates to about 10 euros. So, of course, I made the donation. However, if you really feel a need to play the game, there is another alternative. There is a site called myabandonware.com that has a lot of the old games, including the first Civilization. You can download it from here, then install DOSBox, which is available for a number of platforms, including Linux and Windows, and run the game in there. But you will need to get a copy of the manual. You see, in those days, the way they did copy protection for many of Sid's early games was to ask a question which could only be answered from the manual. Now, fortunately, it's available online. The Civs Fanatics site, link in the show notes, um, has the manual online, and the page even helpfully has a section at the bottom with all of the copy protection answers. Now, myabandonware.com asks that you buy them a coffee. That only costs about three bucks, so I bought them a cup of coffee. So, gameplay. You begin a new game by choosing the level to play at. There were five levels. Chieftain, Warlord, Prince, King, and Emperor. At the first three levels, the human player has an advantage over the computer players in terms of population growth, resources, resource, research speed, etc. At the King level, the players are all at about the same level for these things, and at the Emperor level, the computer players have the advantage. Then you choose how many opponents you will have and how active the Barbarians will be. Barbarians exist so, uh, solely to give you problems by attacking your cities and units, but you can make them more or less active as you choose. Then you choose your civilization from the list. Every civilization is slightly different. Uh, you know, later versions of civilization, they would differentiate them a whole lot more. But uh, the, the slight differences here in terms of their propensity to be aggressive and militaristic versus peacefully developing their cities and doing research. Uh, you can read all about the different civilizations at the Civ Fanatics site, link in the show notes. Finally, you choose the name of your leader. There is a default choice, but you can change it. For example, the default name for the leader of Romans is Caesar, but you could make it Diocletian if you wished, or even Fred. Now, once all of your choices have been made, the game begins. You have a tribe of nomads ready to settle down, and a small section of the map around them is visible. Um, 
you don't see the rest of the map until you explore it. So it's all dark until you send units there to see what's going on. Now if you press the letter B on your keyboard for build, your tribe of nomads will build a city. Then you choose what you want the city to work on. A militia unit will help with defense, or you could build another settler to get a second city. Now, if you get attacked by either barbarians or another civilization, you will wish you had a military unit for defense. Now, you could also build a barracks first, which takes additional time, but it means the units you build here have veteran status, which makes them stronger. If you build another settler, it will reduce the population of the city by one, which slows your building progress, but getting more cities is the way to build your empire. Then you need to decide what to research. What technologies will you need first? So you can see that, that this game is all about making choices, and the choices you make have consequences. As an example, I started a game as the Mongols, figuring that would mean one less bloodthirsty opponent. In my first city, I built another settler right away and used that to create my second city. Then I started on a barracks so I could produce veteran defensive units. But before the barracks was even done, Germany showed up and wiped me out completely. That was a very short game. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you take chances. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, whatever choices you make, you have to live with. Now, as you explore the map, <coughs> more of it becomes available. And there are a number of reasons to do so. First, you want to find good sites for additional cities. Second, you want to find out who your neighbors are. <coughs> if the Mongols or the Greeks are anywhere near you, you can expect war, and probably sooner rather than later. In that case, building units and preparing is a good idea. The Mongols are the worst, and a preemptive war to exterminate them is a good idea. And the third reason you want to explore is that there are villages on the map. And when you explore them, you may get a reward, like money, a unit, or a tech. But, <coughs> watch out, you might instead unleash a horde of barbarians. Now, we generally, as versions of civilization have gone on, start referring to these as goody huts. Um, and every version of Civ has them. So, interesting little wrinkle. Uh, units and buildings. Uh, the ones that are available are the same for every city, both for you and the computer players. Wonders, on the other hand, are unique. Only one of each can be built. So you're in competition with the computer players for each one you want to build. There are three ages in this game, ancient, middle ages, and industrial, and each age has seven wonders. So there's a total of 21 wonders that can be built. You unlock the ability to build a wonder through the technologies you research. For instance, when you research bronze working, you unlock the ability to build the Colossus, which increases your trade revenue. But while that is an ancient wonder, you could build it later if no one has built it. 
However, it's rare for wonders to exist for too long without being built by someone. And if you build it later, you may not get full benefit. The trade effects of the Colossus expire upon the discovery of electricity, for example. So, conclusion. Civ, as it's referred to in the short, or Civ 1 for this, uh, was great in its day. I'd, I'd have to say it really hasn't aged all that well. To see what I mean, check it out at Play Classic Games. Now, it did spawn a whole ecosystem of 4X games, including all the later versions of Civ, and all of the main gameplay elements are here. Uh, I lost many hours playing this game, but when Civ 2 was announced, I was eager to see how it would improve upon the classic. So, I've got lots of links in the uh, show notes. You can get some additional information about this, about how the game was made, and so on. But for now, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio, signing off, and as always, encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.